This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest is somebody who I'm sure is going to divide some of the community. And you know what? I don't care because I'm the guy who's meant to be interviewing people and you're the one who's meant to be passing your own judgment on things. I've got a woman in blockchain who is about at the highest of highs that you can get within the space as far as companies go right now uh, at the adoption stage of this wonderful blockchain community. She's got a wonderful background in technology and finance. And I'm speaking with Monica Long, who is a senior vice president of marketing for, drumroll, Ripple. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Craig. <laughs> okay, cool. So, look, I'm, I'm fascinated by many things about you and about Ripple and about XRP. And that's really what we want to focus on uh, in this interview. And I mean, I'd love it if you could just give us a bit of background. Uh, what brought you to where you are today? Because I know you've worked in some uh, other relatively large companies in the tech and financial industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy to, happy to talk a little bit about uh, what brought me to Ripple. Uh, so yeah, my, my background is in communications for various, uh, tech companies in Silicon Valley started uh, at a PR agency. Um, and actually one of the companies I supported way back when was prosper. Um, prosper was one of the earliest peer to peer lending marketplaces Mm. co-founded and run by Chris Larson, who will loop back on the connection there. Um, then, uh, was at the company Intuit uh, for for a period of time, also in the uh, communications function. Uh, before reconnecting with Chris, uh, I noticed Chris had started a new venture. Um, he is a very visionary leader, someone who can see around corners before the rest of us, um, as proven by his track record with Elon, then Prosper. So I was very intrigued by what he was up to. And uh, when we connected in uh, like mid 2013, um, you know, Ripple, this company was relatively new. Um, What really caught me was his excitement about the potential for what blockchain and crypto could do for the world Mm. and his vision for enabling what he, what he's always called an internet of value. So this concept of, what the technology really enables is the, the free and instant and frictionless movement of all types of value around the world, just how we are able to communicate over the internet um, and exchange information. So that's what hooked me. Right. I mean, look, that's one thing that I find fascinating about this space is it, it, it look, it still is in its infancy in a big way. And, you know, one of the things that uh, when we speak to uh, a generation that might not be as privy uh, with technology uh, is like my parents' generation, your parents' generation. We, we, I talk to them like, what's this blockchain thing? And you're like, listen, dad, I can now speak to you like I'm speaking to you right now, right? Um, online. I can look at you and it's live like a telephone. 
back in the day, you would have thought that was, you know, beyond 2000 sort of stuff. You know, back in that, that, that old show we used to have, maybe it was only in Australia, beyond 2000. But, um, you know, blockchain is going to revolutionize many, many different areas. So with that in, uh, in motion and with the ability, as you say, with Chris to be able to see it around corners, uh, what exactly is the mission of Ripple? Yeah, so uh, we, we, we knew that there's kind of these magical beans in the technology, right? That they're possible of making change in lots of big, important ways. What we set out to do um, early on in the days of the company was to identify the, the use case. Where's their product market fit for this technology? And where we saw a really large opportunity with acute, acute pain is uh, glo global payments. So any, anyone, any business sending money internationally. Um, so Ripple's mission for the past several years has really been to remove all friction from global payments based on the principles of, you know, using these core technologies to interoperate uh, various payment networks. So, I mean, effectively, my understanding of it is that you'd be a wonderful clearinghouse, right? Because you can move from one place to the other very, very quickly. Is that sort of along the lines of, I mean, you've got some very big clients that you're working with. How are they using the technology is more what I should be asking. Yeah, it's a great question. Ripple really, the, our role in this ecosystem is to be a, a technology service provider. Mm. We're rewiring the infrastructure but um, we're not a network operator. So it's, it's still up to you know, the financial institutions who are using the, the technology solutions we're providing um, to, for example, onboard the uh, customers who are sending money, um, manage the flows and all the relationships. Uh, so, so does that help? Yeah, we're, we're the infrastructure player. It, it does. And the reason I said clearing house is that, look, if you've got, um, let's say I've got a trading floor here in Sydney and let's say I've got one in London. Okay. Now let's say that the floor in London has got a position that they need to take and they need to, they need a little bit more margin and a little bit more equity there, a little bit more cash flow there to have the margin for that position on say Euro against the Aussie or whatever it may be. Right. And my, my floor's asleep. So for me to send the money across to there or to send that through, it needs to be fast because the trade's available now. Would mm -hmm. we be able to use that sort of technology to send that wedge across to make sure it's nice and quick so that my guys over there can take the trade? Yeah, sure. So um, if in this instance you're a trader at a financial institution, yeah. um, that's a, you know, a very common use case today. If you are uh, an independent player, say you're a hedge fund, yeah. um, there's, uh, th so there's a couple different elements to the, the types of solutions we provide. One is um, making the, the process of messaging and settlement more transparent, more efficient, uh, lower cost end to end. Um, and that's with you know, fiat trades or um, the other kind of key problem, the reason that there's so much friction with global payments is the way liquidity is provided. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, controlled by very few large institutions like the cities and HSBCs of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we all appreciate one of the revolutions with crypto is creating open marketplaces and, and you know, the ability for kind of greater democratization of, um, of trading. So, for example, if you're, if you're more independent, like in a hedge fund, um, 
you can uh, provide liquidity for for payment flows that you wouldn't have been able to before using crypto. So, I mean, we talk about this centralized and decentralized and the democratization of, of money and flows and all these sorts of things. Now, one of the things that I come across quite a bit being, you know, in this space more or less wholeheartedly is um, the, there's a lot of uh, naysayers of Ripple because of the centralized nature is really their central point of anger, really. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that's a wonderful thing to think that, you know, everything's going to be decentralized and the whole world's going to run without having to have people looking after it, doing the right things and managing things. But it ain't going to happen. Okay. And you know, Bitcoin is not the only thing that's going to come of blockchain. It's not the only thing that's going to survive. Uh, again, I'm going to have many people going keyboard warriors tapping away, telling me how wrong I am, but to them, I, I really couldn't care less. Um, so with the centralized nature of ripple, how does that, you know, how we, how you, how do I say this? How are you using a centralized platform to basically, I guess, democratize the payment, me- you know, the payment methods that are going across? Is it just because you're giving more people the ability or is it because I'm just trying to work out how, how that's actually, why they're pissed off and how you're sort of getting around that? Mm, yeah, I think um, probably central to that discussion that I hear very often is a confusion and conflation between Ripple, our company, and the, the cryptocurrency and the open ledger XRP. Yes, so, good question. <laughs> um, so yeah, to kind of just distinguish between the two. Yeah. So Ripple is our company. We provide, um, as, I, as I was talking about, we provide various technology solutions to financial institutions. These institutions are banding together to form something called RippleNet. Um, and that is, I mean, really those financial institutions kind of are in the driver's seat and really have the keys to operating that network. Uh, one of the technologies that these institutions can leverage is XRP. XRP is a, an open, open source, decentralized uh, blockchain um, and XRP being the digital asset uh, that that sits on that ledger system. The relationship to Ripple yeah. is our company. As I as I was saying, we uh, we believe that this asset is uh, well, not just believe it is faster, more scalable, more efficient for the use of settlements. So we've employed it as part of the technology solution for liquidity on on the Ripple Net. Um, in in addition, Ripple, our company, uh, owns a lot of XRP, um, which is where I think maybe some of the confusion comes from. Right. Okay. And uh, well done there because that was the worst question I think I've ever asked anyone ever. <laughs> you brought Not it back all. to my next question. Thank you so much. Someone needs to have someone doing a segue. And that was you in this case, Monica. Thank you very much. So look, I mean, the question being that I have here now, right? I know that effectively um, XRP is not an investment right? It's, it's, right. it's a utility, whatever you want to call it. Now, right. based on that, help us to understand how somebody who's listening to the show right now, who's thinking, oh, I know it's in the top 10 and I've, you know, I've heard lots about it, but why should people be putting, you know, being involved in XRP? Now, I know that you've got some uh, tricky ways around answering that, I'm sure, as, as far as what you can and can't say, but what's going to drive uh, XRP to be taken up more and therefore more than likely put more 
supply pressure to the upside than the downside, shall we say? In terms, so I, I, we really think about XRP's utility. That's yeah. where, um, you know, w with any kind of currency, uh, it, it, it all comes down to how useful is it uh, and, and for what reason. And so, um, as I was describing, uh, XRP, if, if you look at it as a settlement asset, um, it settles uh, very fast. So uh, on average, about three to four seconds, um, very scalable, uh, can do about 1500 transactions per second, um, very low energy consumption and need because the, the design of it with the um, consensus algorithm doesn't employ proof of work. So it's not running into the same kind of issues as um, Bitcoin or Ethereum or other systems like that. Um, so we really think about use case. In, in the context of RippleNet, we found a killer use case that's been tried, tested, proven with um, our customers serving liquidity for payments on an on-demand basis. Beyond that, um, there's an initiative we kicked off last year called Spring, where um, there's a team here that's also engaging with a much broader crypto developer community um, that has, you know, they're constantly kind of turning over new use cases for XRP. And, and again, it kind of goes back to like those inherent, those attributes I was just talking about um, as to why they would want to use it. Okay, well answered. Um, so look, on that front, I mean, you said it before that uh, Ripple owns uh, a fairly decent share of XRP. So let's try and quell any concerns about that uh, by understanding where the pool of XRP for uh, onboarding new clients, perhaps uh, to be using the, uh, the Ripple net and using XRP token for settlements and whatnot. So if you've got a new client, are you doing something in the lines of them needing to then go and take XRP from the current market or are you opening up some of the door for the uh, XRP that Ripple holds or is it a bit of both? I mean, how do, how, how do we understand the inflow of additional XRP that's owned by Ripple? Hmm. So, um, uh, RippleNet customers, um, if they choose to use the the product X Rapid for, um, again, yeah, using XRP as part of their liquidity solution, those financial institutions don't actually have to hold XRP. Um, the it's the hedge funds and other types of market makers um, who are providing that that XRP liquidity um, through crypto exchanges. Um, and those market makers, yeah, they, I mean, they can source XRP from the open market. We do um, sell uh, XRP over the counter to, uh, to accredited institutional institutions. Um, and we actually republish all of, the, all of those sales on a quarterly basis through our XRP markets reports. That level of transparency with the, the broader open market is really important to us. Okay, no worries. Well, I'll, I'll leave the, uh, the, I guess, speculative side of XRP and Ripple behind for the time being. It's more about the use case. I understand what it's used for. I understand who's going to use it, how they're going to use it, and where they can get that from now. Um, what's really in the future plans right now for both, well, I guess I'll talk to Ripple first. What's in the future plans for Ripple right now? I mean, obviously, you, you, you know, you're a 
your business. It's more B2B than anything else. Um, you obviously after clients working with clients, has, is there anything, uh, on the horizon that you'll be working towards, maybe a spin-off, maybe a new massive client. I know you can't probably tell us too much, but what's uh, what's in the pipeline at the moment? For uh, for Ripple, uh, we're, we're really focused on continuing to drive growth of RippleNet. So that's, um, you know, we think about institutional adoption. We want to keep getting uh, more financial institutions in more countries and locations um, set up on RippleNet. Uh, we also think about accelerating volume on the network. So, um, you know, amongst our customers, uh, we don't want them to just be using RippleNet for one key corridor, we, uh, payment corridor. We want them to be thinking about how RippleNet can improve the services that they're offering in, in lots of different corridors. So it's really network growth. Yeah. In addition, through through Spring, um, you know, we we very much understand that you know, there's a vibrant developer community out there um, really engaged with crypto and uh, we want to help to contribute to and, and fuel that ecosystem beyond what we're doing with RippleNet. Yeah, there's definitely been a, um, a resurgence of uh, volatility in the last, well, your spring, my autumn. Uh, <laughs> so for the last month or something, we saw volumes diminish quite significantly uh, throughout the back end of 2018. Uh, into the beginning of 2019. I can't believe I'm saying 2019 and we're nearly <laughs> halfway there. Um, I know. So it's, 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 it's been interesting watching uh, a lot of scrambling for, um, for the capture of new accounts, new clients uh, and volatility because it really did, the, the life got sucked out of the market because it very much is a speculator's market as far as the crypto side of it goes. But I just want, to understand, I want people to understand that there are real businesses being built here. Uh, and to really get a bit more savvy, not just on the speculative nature of these businesses, now to invest in these, hey, that's what you want to look at. You, you know, if, if you're investing, you want to get a return. Now, of course, using the word investing for somebody such as speaking here with Monica about Ripple and XRP, it's a dangerous subject. Uh, however, for me, I can tell you right now, there are investments that I'm making within this space because, you know, I think it's a, a wonderful way to um, basically invest in the future of what I believe to be uh, the next wave uh, of finance, the next wave of different innovation in the space. So we are seeing a lot more people coming back into uh, the, I guess, crypto sphere. Do you find at Ripple uh, as a business that the appetite diminishes if the prices of the market is going down, i.e. it's sort of going out of flavor or is it, not at all, because it's purely technology and the more intelligent people out there that are running businesses go, look, the price of things doesn't make any difference to me at all because A, it's not related and B, this technology is faster, it's more efficient, it saves me money and it's better for what I'm trying to achieve. You nailed it with the latter statement there. Um, it really, the market attraction, their appetite to work with us to, to use our solutions has very much to do with you know resonance with the value proposition you know can this help their business it, it always comes down to the business case with our customers um, in that we're, we're just building momentum uh, exponentially um, so even yeah through the past year uh, the adoption rates of have, um, have picked up quite a bit um, I think last year alone we signed about a hundred new customers to production uh, contracts, meaning I mean they're using this commercially. It's not about pilots or POCs. Um, and uh, even you know in their consideration set of using X Rapid, using XRP in their payment flows, 
again, because they're not really, the, you know, the design of the product doesn't require them to hold XRP, um, the volatility is not really part of the conversation. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, look, it's been absolutely pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that we've missed that you would like to say about what's going on over there, Ripple? Uh, I, we covered a lot of ground. Thank you again so much for having me on, Craig. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Monica Long, the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Ripple. I hope you've picked up a lot from this. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight and uh, look forward to speaking to you further down the track and uh, seeing what news comes out of the Ripple camp. Thank you once again for your time, Monica. Likewise. Thank you so much, Craig. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.